In the fall each year we all congregate The bounds all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what joy you face Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. And Boss, we are almost one full week removed from Big News Saturday, the home field apparel release of the Georgia vintage gear. And I understand that you had a couple comments on one of the shirts that you wore out in public. How'd that go? Yeah, I wore the Go You Silver Bridges shirt out uh, grocery shopping. This was actually before the um, release. Uh, I w- Homefield was nice enough to send that out, a couple of samples to us. Now, granted, I do live in Virginia, so I'm not anywhere near the fervent fan base. So didn't have to worry about like, you know, spoiling too much. But I did wear it out in public and got a lot of compliments on that. A lot of stuff. Normally I get a few like, hey, nice shirt or hey, go dogs. Like but a lot of people, you know, my age actually noticed the shirt, which was kind of nice for once. Normally it's, you know, younger people, my kids' ages that notice the stuff, but not people my age. Yeah, I wore the I wore the golfing dog out to the beach to play a little chippo, and it was the same. Got a lot of comments. People loved seeing the logo. And I think that's been the general feedback that they love the logos, they love the different looks, and you know, it's just kind of like a nice nod to Georgia history. And the shirts are great, they're comfortable, you know. I think we knew that based on our experience with the the Mayo Ambassador shirts that everything would be comfortable and fit great, and they certainly did. So Make sure and check everything out if you haven't already at homefieldapparel.com. They had their uh, Georgia release on Saturday and um, had had a big, big day of sales. Didn't quite overtake Florida, but got pretty darn close and certainly buried all the other teams that had already been released. So good showing there from Dogs fans. Uh, go check everything out at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, when you get to the checkout line, if you are a first-time Homefield customer and you use the code Saturday in Athens, you'll get a 15% discount on your order. Uh, so again, homefieldapparel.com. And for first-time customers, Saturday in Athens at the checkout line, get yourself a little discount, uh, save you some cheese there to use for that opening weekend tailgate, dogs, dogs versus tigers. All right, boss, we're going to deviate a little bit from what we normally do with our structure, just because like we talked about, there's just some pretty big topics to discuss and we're just kind of going to go old school and just riff on it a little bit. So big news this week over the past couple days, obviously coming out of camp is uh, the injuries to Darnell Washington and Tyke Smith based on the things that we've read. uh, They are both had surgery on their feet, both had broken bones in their feet, had surgery and are expected to miss at a minimum what are we seeing? Three to four weeks are the like super optimistic viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll be back practicing in, in three, but probably we won't see them on the field probably for, we're probably looking at four to six, give or take. Yeah. And I'm not, for a that smart type injury. I'm not a smart man, but I can do that math and that would knock them out of the Clemson game. So doesn't, doesn't look like we will be seeing either of them 
uh, in the Duke's Mayo Classic, Dogs, Tigers, um, which I, I kind of need to step on the soapbox for a minute because I, I know this happens every year, but this year it just kind of makes me want to pull my hair out because it seems to be the most unfounded. I feel like over the past few days amongst the fan base and even like I feel like the sports writers, it's like everybody has are they're just ready to jump off a cliff like and acts like these two injuries and certain other injuries that have come out people being dinged up like you know woe is me oh george is cursed blah 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 i mean folks can we put the hemlock back on the shelf like can we put the paper bags down and stop all of the hyperventilating has no one been paying attention since 2016 to what Kirby Paul Smart is building in Athens. He has built an absolute behemoth that is so deep and so talented. Like, could everybody just rejoice and celebrate that there are plenty of talented dudes that are going to step up and ball out when the guys who are expected to start aren't going to be able to play? Like, I just, I can't do it anymore, homie. Like, I can't do all of this, you know, we are in the seventh level of hell and Georgia football has an eternal curse and we'll never win. Like, let's let's get over it, folks. Like, this is a whole new ballgame. Step into the light. Live in your joy of being a Georgia fan. It's the best time in the world to be a Georgia football fan right now, this very day, right here. August 19, 2021, best day of your life to be a Georgia football fan. Get on board, baby. Good things are happening. Bring that good energy. <laughs> I mean, did I did I express that clearly enough? Where are you at? Yes. Boss? You ready? Yeah. You ready to get into the to the church of Kirby Smart with me or what? Well, to quote Aaron Rodgers, relax. Just relax. Yes. I, that's the best the best way I can put it. And I mean, I said this when George Pickens tore his ACL in in spring. It's just. You can't have it both ways as a fan. You can't sit there and rejoice with all these recruiting classes and talk about how great Kirby is as a recruiter. And then any, anyone gets hurt, the sky is falling. You can't have it both ways. You just Correct. can't. And for some reason, our fan base looks at it's still, it's, I mean, I, I love Mark Frick, but it's because of, the Rick era. It just is. We grew up in the Rick era as Georgia fans. I don't know if not everyone did though. It's like, how is everyone still scarred by that? Even ESPN, when they did the SEC short from the summertime about with hope. Did you see that one? Yeah, it was It described Georgia fans to a T as a whole. And I cannot understand why as a fan base, we can't just enjoy where we are. And if you really think for a second that losing Darnell and losing Smith is going to be the end-all, be-all that what's going to cause Georgia to win or lose this game against Clemson, then you haven't been paying attention to this team. You don't really know this team. They were yeah. either going to win with them or win with them or without them or lose with them or without them. It doesn't really matter. This team is deep and built to win. And if Clemson beats them, it's not going to be because Darnell and Smith are out. It's not going to happen. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, 
I texted you this. Like you, you text me about the injuries. And I'm like, well, I mean, look, that stinks, right? Like you want to have all of your premier talent on the field. But I mean, dude, John Fitzpatrick, uh, Brock Bowers, um, plenty of able-bodied studs to step in and keep that boat moving, baby. And then, dude, in the defensive backfield, like I have no problems with Brenny playing at the start. And all indications are from the reports leaking out of camp is that Brenny was getting a bunch of snaps anyways. So like, I think, I think it just gets muddled, especially this time of year. Cause everybody is so starved for football and I get that. Right. But everybody gets so wrapped up in like what the media coverage has been. And I think the media assumption has just been that Tyke Smith is the locked in star and is going to be the game changer for the Georgia secondary homie. Chris Smith, still healthy. Lewis seen still healthy. Darian Kendrick, still healthy. Amir speed, still healthy. Like, dude, all these guys that are probably going to get a bulk of the playing time anyways, dude, all healthy. Like, I, I just don't understand why everyone has to get down in the dumps about this stuff and act like the world is ending when it pertains to the 2021 season. Dude, JT, last time I checked, still healthy. Whole running back room, still healthy. Like, tons of talent at wide receiver, still healthy. Like, dude, uh, how about Adnay Mitchell? Like, Nobody, he, he's healthy and all accounts from the players playing against him practice every day, looking like just as big of a stud as he looked in the spring game. How about we get fired up about that? How about we get fired up about the fact that Jermaine and Kiaris are back healthy and practicing and then red jerseys again? Like, I just don't understand why we have to live in the mud and can't live in the sunshine, baby. Like, I, I don't understand it. Can't, can't, can't deal with it, homie. So, yeah, that's where I am with that. I just don't understand what's going on. That doesn't seem to be the Georgia fan way. You have grown on me uh, finally after 30 plus years of being friends that I, I'm becoming optimistic. I don't know what is wrong with me, but I'm finally becoming optimistic about this team. And that is just not my nature to be optimistic, but I am. While it stinks and I wish they were playing just like you said, I'm not worried about it. I actually stopped reading the message boards yesterday because I was just so, I was like, I can't read this. I, j- I just couldn't do it. It was depressing reading it. Normally I get a lot of enjoyment out of reading the message boards, but I just, I did not yesterday. It was all doom and gloom. The sky is falling. You know, we might as well cancel the season. And my favorite thing was seeing people talk, like complaining about scheduling Clemson first. And I'm like, wait a second. When we scheduled Clemson, everybody was all like, oh, this is great. You know, we're scheduling, you know, we don't have a cupcake first game. We're scheduling big, big people first game. This is great. You know, there's a help us in the playoffs, get in the playoffs, help our scheduling, everything. And now all of a sudden, because we lost two starters or potential starters in one practice, it's, you know, why do we schedule this team? I, I don't understand that. You cannot have it both ways. This goes back to the recruiting. You cannot have it both ways. I'm like your Georgia football Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm just trying to keep you away from the dark side, brother. Well, after if you can keep me positive after last year, I, I, I think I think we're good to go for the future. <laughs> I just I don't I just don't get it, man. I don't get that inclination to to go there. And obviously, we've talked about this a lot about how I, I do think there is like a mental block amongst the Georgia fan base of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think there's something real and tangible about that, like. You've got to start expecting the best. Like, sure, prepare for the worst, but expect the best. Like, dude, this has the makings of being an incredible season. 
And until I have seen otherwise, I am living strictly in that light and in that hope. And dude, you have to know as a football fan, injuries are going to happen. I mean, just as a sports fan in general, injuries are going to happen. So in all honesty, I'd rather Darnell and Tyke have these injuries now than have them like November 27th prior to the SEC championship and then the playoff run, right? Like, why can't we find yeah. the, the good in this? It's better for these things to happen early than they are to happen late. Same thing with George. Better for George's ACL to happen in the spring than to happen in fall camp and there be 0.0 chance that he gets to participate in the season at all, right? So, I don't know, man. I just think there's so much to be positive about going into this season, and I get it, man. The negativity, it, it drives page views. It's great for, for the folks writing articles and all those type things. Just not my jam, man. Like, there's so much cool stuff going on with Georgia and so much to look forward to. We're sitting right now, 16 days from kick. Kirby Smart days from kick, homie. Bainbridge's finest from kick. Like, let's get fired up about that. I am so amped up and ready to be in that stadium Saturday night, September 4th, just losing my mind about the dogs. Like, come on, man. Pumped about it. So, yeah, that's where we're at, okay? we, Boss and I are here to bring you away from the dark side, okay? <laughs> Stay away from the emperor. Come over to the light. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. And, dude, speaking of positive stuff, big week for QB1. JT Daniels coming out. Well, not coming out. I guess he only came out with one. I guess technically Darren Ravel release the other one but still news has come to bear that jt daniels has um entered his name into the nil party finally got on the nil train and has signed an nil deal to be the brand ambassador for zaxby's chicken and has also set up an nil deal with i didn't see did you see who the actual company was that's doing the trading card piece it just seemed like a very generic signed a trading card deal that will allow him to garner 15% of revenue off of sales of his autograph. But I didn't see a specific entity that that was attached with. Did you? I did not see the entity. No. And with, I mean, I'm very engrossed in that world. And the, the company that it was almost seemed like a firm. There was a name attached to it, but it was like a firm. It was like a marketing firm type thing. So I'm not well, that's, 100% that, sure. That's his, that's his marketing firm. ESM oh, that's is his marketing firm. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And I'm pretty so, sure that that ESM, I'm, don't quote me on this, I'm almost positive ESM is Everett Sports Marketing. They represent Nick Chubb amongst okay. other, other George Adams. I'm pretty sure they represent Nick Chubb. I'm almost positive that's right. Maybe Todd Gurley too. I could be wrong on that. But um, ESM has some attachment with some former Georgia athletes. So it makes sense that they're representing JT. Um, and they do great work. So that's who I'm almost positive was being referred to in that tweet, but I didn't see any overarching entity from the trading card side that he was hooked in with. So maybe it's just a, with the industry in general, that's what the going rate will be. But yeah, and we talked about this off air, but I think the cool part about that deal is 50% of the revenue that he gets, he's going to share with the guys on the team. That's awesome. And that goes back to what we talked about our last episode where you and I were on, not our last interview episode, 
we're just talking about how he is the guy and how yeah. everybody's that just enforces it more. Yeah, I think it's just another example of him walking the walk, right? Like on the field and off the field. And you can give lip service to things all you want, but folks respect action. And man, he's just the actions are speaking for themselves on the football field and off the football field. And he's just doing it just right. And that is showing in spades with the guys on the team. You can just tell, man, it's just hook, line, and sinker. They are full-fledged behind him. You just got to love that. Um, I love the Zaxby's things too, man, because Zaxby's is Athens-based business. Um, One of the founders of uh, Zaxby's is a Georgia grad. And my understanding, I only know this loosely, but my understanding is is that his inspiration for Zaxby's was Guthrie's, which um, is a – Quasi similar, not the same, but quasi similar entity that he loved the chicken there and thought it was an opportunity to like focus on chicken and make it the featured entree. And so, yeah, Athens, the root of, of Zaxby's, the first one wasn't open in Zaxby's. I actually think it was open in Statesboro where Georgia Southern is. Um, but yeah, I think the headquarters for Zaxby's is also in Athens and Seth Emerson did an article maybe a year ago. Another kind of fun Georgia tie-in with Zaxby's. Ray Goff, former Georgia coach Ray Goff, is the owner of the most Zaxby's franchises uh, in the company. So he owns more Zaxby's franchises than any other franchisee in the Zaxby's company. And it's apparently just, awesome. just printing money selling chicken, brother. Like, has apparently gotten more money than Davy Crockett from his Zaxby's franchises, which I love. Because who, who doesn't love some takeaway fried chicken, my man? Get you a little Zax sauce. Some fingers. Your fingers guy or sandwich guy from Zaxby's? Oh, fingers all the way. Yeah. I love their fingers. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm the same. I do like Zaxby's better than Raising Cane's, which some people will say is sacrilegious, but I don't know, man. The chicken at Raising Cane's is is just okay for me. Like, it's just not the one I would pick first. Um, And put the pitchforks away. Like, don't come at me with that. I'm just just telling you what I think. I'm just being honest with you. I'm Zaxby's all the way. Hands down. No question. Like, I, I, yeah. I love Zaxby's. Well, that's what I texted you the other day. I think JT might be my favorite dog ever after he signed that deal. Like, yeah. That's what I texted you. <laughs> well, uh, what I'm so interested to see too is like he has to have some kind of hook in where he gets some kind of free food within that deal, right? Like they're obviously paying him and he's going to do commercials and all that kind of stuff. But let's get down to brass tacks here. Let's talk about what the beef up front wants to know. The boys that are paving the way for him want to know are they going to be getting the Zach's family pack once or twice a week on, you know, on the quarterback on QB one? I think that's the important question that we need answered is, is he, is he going to be feeding the big boys? I, I don't think he can get away without feeding them. Honestly, let's ask a tangential question off this. How many Zach's family's packs you think your boy could eat? I think it's like 20 or 25 fingers. Mm. You know, I could just mow that down. Yeah. I think you'd get through two and then you'd start feeling it. I think oh, you'd yeah. get through two, two, and then like you'd get through probably like seven on that next one. And then it'd be like, all right, I need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> all right. One more question off of that. Cause this is always the hypothesis that I have with my wife. You know how you get like the Chick-fil-A party tray of nuggets for like a yeah. kid's birthday party or whatever. Yeah. And it's like 50 some nuggets or whatever. Yeah, that's homie, nothing. When you're like at the pavilion with the 700 five-year-olds, 
those things are just going down like yeah. potato chips, right? Like you're just popping yeah. them. You think you could eat a whole tray in one sitting? Cause I think I absolutely could do it. Time limited out. though. Like, let's say you have 45 minutes to oh. take down a tray of Chick-fil-A nugs, which I think is like 50 nugs or maybe it's 75. Think you can pull that off? Yeah. I think I could do it too. Yeah. I think we should do this maybe as an IG live one day where <laughs> you and me both get a tray and we sit there. Maybe we should tape an episode as we're trying to finish our own individual trays. I like that. I think we got to put that on the, we got to put that on the board, homie. That's got to happen. It's going to have to be a week. It's going to have to be a weekend tape though. Cause I'm going to need a day the next day to recover from that. Yeah. No kidding. We're not young. Our guts definitely aren't young. I can't, I can't do, I couldn't do a full work day the next day after that. I need like a, a grace period, but that is a challenge I am absolutely up for. Uh, also, this is something you should know. I love me an eating challenge and the more outrageous the eating challenge, the better. So this fits right in with that. Let me ask you this. You going dry or are you, you going, you saucing it the whole way? Like you using sauces the whole way, or is that just going to bog you down? I don't think I could do sauces the whole way, but I definitely would go sauce some, but I don't think I could do it the whole way. Yeah. I think I'd have to lubricate the mechanism a little bit. So like, I think the first, first maybe 10 or 20, I'd yeah. have to go ranch or something. Yeah. But definitely not the whole way. And you'd have to go something a little lighter. Like you couldn't do like the Chick-fil-A sauce or anything like that. Cause it's too thick. You'd have to do something like ranch. I'd go ranch. I couldn't do the Polynesian cause it's too syrupy. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean, the Chick-fil-A sauce is like glue. So and right. I love the Chick-fil-A well, sauce. Don't get me wrong. We're going on a real tangent here. <laughs> we're workshopping this. That's going to happen though. We're going to do an episode where your favorite co-hosts do the Chick-fil-A platter challenge. That's happening. You can just put that on the board. We're going to pick a date for that. I might put a poll up today on social to see if the, if the listeners think that we can complete that individually, each individually. What's the prize going to be though? Like if I beat you in the Chick-fil-A platter challenge, what do I win? What do I oh, garner out of that's that? Not, your 140 pound ass can definitely beat me. There is no <laughs> question about it. I am two of you. There is, and I guarantee you, you can eat that faster than I can. There is no question in my mind. You can eat me under the table. I, I you always to... have been able to. I don't know how that's possible. I am literally two of you and you can still eat me under the table. Boy, when it, when it comes to unhealthy food, there really is no limit to the amount of it that I can eat. Just there's not. Nothing healthy, though. I don't eat anything healthy in large quantities. That's going to be a problem long term. Your boy's going to have to work on that. But if, if, like, uh, if like Zaps, Voodoo Chips, or um, peanut butter pretzels, or any form of fried potato was paleo or healthy in any way, I mean, I'd probably be Mr. Universe. Like, I would, I would just be on the cover of magazines if those things were health foods. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So, anyways, we're pumped up for JT with his endorsement deals. <laughs> that's, where, that's, where all this, that's where all this started. Fire uh, up for JT and his NIL deals. Both good choices. Obviously, we're happy about the, the fast food choices. So, Zaxby's was a great one. And if y'all know anything about my boy Boss, you know he is pumped up about the autograph side of it. So he has the collection oh, yeah. of all collections. I mean, and it's steadily growing, and it is epic. So yeah, 
he couldn't have hit he couldn't have hit it more out of the park when it comes to the Saturday Night's podcast. I mean, two excellent choices. Well done, JT. Not that we're surprised. He's been making all the right moves, and he just made two more right moves. So well done. Um, y'all go out and get yourself some some Zaxby's and some Zach sauce this week. I did say this. Um, I think in one of the articles that I wrote for Dawn of the Dog, and I want to get your opinion on this. What's what would you take if there was a prop bet for over under Zaxby's references as it pertains to JT's play game to game? Like some announcer randomly dropping, did you see that throw? He really put some Zach sauce on it or something in that family. If it's national, like if it's a national game, and I mean a national game, like if it's like a game, CBS game of the week. I don't think you're going to hear it hardly at all. Oh, but you, don't, you don't think you don't think Danielson's cheesy ass would drop something like no, that? No, no. But I think if you get like your noon kick or your your ESPN or your SEC uh, network like three o'clock game when it's like your C team calling the game that's trying to fill air and trying to make something some name clever, I guarantee oh, yeah. you you're going to get like I, I put the over under at like. Six, and that I would many? not be surprised. I would not. I would not be surprised. I put the over under at six, and I would not be surprised because you got to remember, there's going to be the two in the booth and the sideline reporter. I would not be oh. surprised between the three if it goes over. Oh, see, dude, like I was, I was being way less ambitious than that. I set the over under for the prop bet at one. Like, would you? T- I, I said if they set it at one, I'd, I'd bet the mortgage on the over because it's going to happen. Um, no, I think between the three of them, I don't, because I can guarantee you they could do one little like segment about it, just one little segment about it and, or one little, like, like doing a little like recap of him and talk, like mention him more times than the one. So easy, but I could, I think they would get close. I would put the over under it, maybe five, maybe six is a little ambitious, maybe five. And I would not be surprised if it gets over. It, not in the big games, but in the in the games like that, like the UABs and you know the games like that, I would not be surprised if it gets over. But it also depends on who's calling it. Like if you get a, a bigger crew calling it, then then I don't think you, I don't think you'll get it referenced, but maybe once. But if it's not, if it's a lower like Beth Moens, you know we're gonna hear it quite a bit. I feel like that's right in Todd Blackers' wheelhouse, though. Like, he does the taste of the town thing. Like, I feel like him bringing up something about Zaxby's if JT throws just a frozen rope down a field. And, boy, I, let me just be clear. I am totally here for it. I love that type of cheesy entertainment, so I would be happy if it happened, especially if there was a corresponding prop bet that I could possibly lay a wager on. <laughs> um, so, Okay. <laughs> As, as as we have made perfectly clear, we are we are very jacked up for the NIL deal. So <laughs> that was the tangent of all tangents. But hey, that's what you get when you come here. Yeah. So we're happy we're happy to provide that for you. Um, and also be on the lookout yeah, for no the, the Chick Fil A Nugget Tray Challenge because that is happening imminently. Um, all right, some other news since we talked and. I didn't really think twice about this just because it, it is what it is. And this is another thing I feel like got a little bit blown out of proportion, but uh, news came out, I guess almost a full week ago now, because I think it came out shortly after the scrimmage last Saturday that Arik Gilbert is not with the team. Currently. He's away from the team for personal reasons. And coach smart had mentioned that, you know, he feels very confident in um, Ron Corson 
being involved and helping things and all those. And I feel identical to this, how I felt about uh, everything with Scott Cochran. I think this is one of those things where if you are a fan of Georgia football and a fan of the university, then dude, you just are hoping for the best for the kid, right? Like, just like you were with, with coach Cochran. And that's where I'm at with it, man. Like this bigger thing than football, like you just want Arik to be okay. Right. Like you just hope everything's okay, that he's healthy, that he's healthy and right for his family. And if he's able to get back on the football field, awesome. We would certainly love to have him. And, you know, I think everybody is fully aware how electric a talent he is um, on the field, but this is something just bigger than that. Right. Like, um, and I also think it's, it's, it's private. Like, I think if it was something where we needed to dig into it and figure out what was going on, um, if it was just like a physical injury, like it had to do with like an ankle or something. Okay. But I just think it's a bigger deal than that. It just has seemed to be a lot more prying than makes me feel comfort with where are you, where are you at with all that? I'm completely with you. And I feel the exact same way, just like you said about, about what happened with coach Cochran. It's, it's none of our business. And that's what I said about coach Cochran. It's just, it's not, he's what 19 years old. He's dealing with some stuff and it's, it's his life and it's his issue. It should not have the effect on us as fans that it does. And it really bothers me a lot. Like seeing the message boards and the vitriol that kind of goes out to these kids, you know, they're kids. They, these are kids and we are grown adult, all of this pressure on these, these kids. And I mean, when they have life issues that they need to deal with, I mean, let them deal with it. You know, stay off their Twitter, stay off their Instagram, leave them alone. Be the adult. I mean, I it's, it's, it, tell that to my kids, you know, with, with stuff like that too. I mean, just stay off the social media, N- not with this particular instance. I'm just saying in general, in life instances, just stay, stay off the stuff. It's just not worth it. I mean, I hope that he comes back, and I mean, I I hope that you know he plays for Georgia and has a great career for Georgia. But if he doesn't, just like I said with um, Coach Cocker, the most important thing is for him to get healthy, whatever that entails. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah, I think that's very well put. Is most important thing is for him to be healthy and right, and that's that's kind of the end all be on it. Football is completely secondary. I do think you bring up a good point too that I don't know that we always give the proper scope and credit to the amount of pressure these kids are under in today's college athletics world with the visibility that they're under. And look, college athletes have always been visible, especially at the division one level, but it's a different animal now with social and with direct access. And I think it's, it's just a different thing. Right. And you got to understand to your point that these kids are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. I mean, you're just you're asking a lot, I think, from dealing with things socially and dealing with things. Um, professional is the wrong word, but they they are being asked to be professionals on a very large stage at a very young age. And look, I, I'm not apologizing because there are some awesome, awesome benefits that go along with that, and and those things are great. And and with those things come responsibility. But the flip side of that is you can't discount the pressure. And like what it probably does to some of these kids. And so, I don't know, man, I, I'm never, ever up in arms about that or faulting anybody for, for trying to get right on those type of things. And 
you know, maybe it is to your point, like you said, talking to your kids. I mean, we got kids. And so that's how I always try to look at it now is like, how would I approach this if that was my kid or if that was, um, or how would I want someone to approach if that was my kid? Right. And, uh, I loved coach smart's message. He just said, came out and said, you know, we love Arik. We're here for him and we're going to be here for him. I mean, I think that's absolutely the way to handle it. Right. Um, is just to provide a support network and be, uh, be there for him. So yeah, I'm proud of how UGA's handling. I'm proud of how the coaches that's handling it. So, um, again, I, it just never stops striking me how good the culture is right now within the program. And I think how these issues have been handled over this last month are just more evidence of that. Right. So just more things to be happy and ap- optimistic about if you are a supporter of Georgia football and a supporter of Georgia's athletics program. So, yeah, um, that's where that's at. What, uh, what else am I missing? Is there something else we could cover? I mean, I touched on a little bit about Jermaine and Kiaris being back full go at practice. Those are encouraging things. Anything else I'm, I'm missing on that front? Warkson's back at practice. He's snapping with his left hand. Apparently he broke his right hand and now has a big old club on his right hand. Other than that, though, it looks like we're caught up on the injury front and knock on wood. We will have, won't have any other negative news coming out of camp before the season opener. Yeah, they're scrimmaging on Saturday. I hope everybody comes out of that healthy. That's what you always hope, especially at this point when we're getting so tight. Is you just hope. So scrimmage comes clean. No injuries that come out of that. There was a funny um, interaction with the media with Kirby as it pertained to the Erickson injury. He said something like, uh, he's amphibious. What's the difference between amphibious and ambidextrous? Like kind of poking fun at him. I thought that was really, really funny. Um, so I think there's some great opportunity out there to do some type of shirt of Warren Erickson where he's amphibious, like he's some type of amphibious animal. Like I think that would just be hysterical (laughs) and such a like inside baseball as a fan type thing. But yeah, I think that'd be laugh out loud. Funny. I'm, I'm with you. I I think we're at the point where you're just kind of holding your breath now, hoping everybody just stays tight and healthy and what we're like eight days away from it being an actual game week where they're in game prep for Clemson. So Man, I think that's so exciting, too. So we're getting there, brother. The countdown is still on here, 16 days out. Boy, slowly but surely, we're getting there, man. I can't wait until we chat again next week. Go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Today's Georgia's better now.